Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. Good morning, folks. Welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers here on this Monday. Jonathan Von Tobel flying solo today. On this episode, and uh, we got a good episode. It's going to be uh, a quick one, obviously, sitting by myself and uh, a deep card that we can dive into. Uh, ton, not a ton of bets for me, and as we will go through the card and find out, a lot of injuries uh, that have kind of affected the landscape as a whole. We'll also get uh, best bets from Kelly and Zach as we move along as well. Uh, but, of course, we have not spoken since Friday, and we saw on Saturday the Los Angeles Lakers take care of business beat the Indiana Pacers, win the inaugural NBA Cup. And I have to say, there's a couple of things that we should probably go over from the tournament overall. But one of the big things I think is one of the themes that we had discussed throughout the entire lead up and throughout the knockout stage, that game goes under the total, uh, 228 total points in that game. Total ended up closing at about 243 and a half is the number I got. And I think throughout it, you know, the, the highest in-game total from when I was tracking up to when I stopped because uh, the Lakers did comfortably win that thing, 123 to 105. Um, 235.5 was about the lowest I tracked from an in-game standpoint. And the uh, first half went over, but definitely died down in the third quarter, and the Lakers ended up moving on and, and, and really extending it. But unders for the knockout stage, we had seven games, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, five and two to the under in the uh, the knockout stage of the in-season in tournament. So that's just something to file away for next season in the in-season tournament because, uh, as we saw, right, there there were two clear lines of thought throughout this entire deal, which was odds makers were on the, on the side of, dare I say, the Harvard handicapper side, right, because we were all discussing this on the podcast, but odds makers were very much on the side of, hey, we think that these games are going to be much more competitive, and thus we are going to knock these totals down when we open them. We're going to open them lower than we generally have been in the regular season. Market shapers came in and said, nope, you're wrong. We're betting these things up. Market shapers ended up being right, betting those things really high. And ultimately, five of the seven games go under the total. And uh, we'll see if that can continues in the next season. Again, it's a small sample size, but seven games, at least uh, the theory that these are going to be some low-scoring games did come to fruition. And I, I do think that there is some noise in that, in that um, – the market did push them up, right? So market ended up pushing them up. Games end up coming under the total. Maybe that had an effect on it, but uh, even from an opening number standpoint, uh, quite a few of these games went under the opening number total. So it seemed that odds makers did get this right in opening where they were at. And if you were on track with betting these things under, uh, you ended up having a good in-season tournament. Uh, as far as the results, it's not really surprising. You know, it's funny. You see a lot of, you know, I read a headline that, uh, hey, what the Lakers are doing proves that they can be elite. Like, eh, I'm not entirely sure that's the case. Like, yes, they did win comfortably 
Uh, they finished the uh, in-season tournament 7-0 and straight up and against the spread. And as I mentioned, right, won comfortably in the two games here in Las Vegas. Blew out the Pelicans. Win, uh, oh, ended up winning by nearly 20 points, 18 overall against Indiana. So you could sit there and say maybe that's going to be the case as we kind of look ahead to the postseason because that was the thought, right? It's just like, hey, you know, Lakers showed in a postseason setting they can be elite. I mean, they took out the Pelicans and the Pacers. Two teams are going to be fringe playoff teams. I wouldn't read too much into this. I mean, I will say, from a defensive standpoint, it was very impressive watching what the Lakers were able to do in this game against the uh, Indiana Pacers. Absolutely demolished them in the restricted area. Ended up going 34 of 45. How about that? 45 shots within four feet of the basket uh, against the Indiana Pacers. Held them to just 61% shooting on 26 uh, shots within four feet of the basket. So we're awesome in terms of rim protection. And to win by about 20 points, despite going 2 of 13 from beyond the arc in non-garbage time, does speak to how impressive the beatdown was of Indiana. And Kelly and I were up there in the press box watching it the whole time, kind of thought like, man, this is is a game that should not be this close when you really watch what's been going on. And sure enough, that ultimately came to fruition as the Lakers ended up winning and covering. So no big takeaways. I think the totals are something we're writing down for next season. I thought overall it was a solid success. It was fun to be there. It was good to see um, that ceremony and whatnot. And uh, just be in the arena. The vibes are really cool, right? Walking by the, the Pacers locker room and seeing the guys coming out afterwards and and sitting in press conferences and listening to them talk and about the success of it and uh, how exciting it was and how much the players seem to enjoy it. Uh, so I think that that is something that we will see for next season. With that, uh, let's not waste too much time. Let's get into the cards, uh, knock out a few games really quickly, then we move on to the rest of the card on the other side of the break. But let's start Indiana Pacers at the Detroit Pistons. This thing opened up at DraftKings as an eight-point spread in favor of Indiana with a total of 243.5. This number's down to seven at DraftKings, a vast majority of spots here with a total of 247. If you still want to bet this thing um, from the uh, Pistons side, which we'll get to momentarily, uh, you can go ahead and grab seven and a half if you'd like. There are a couple of those, but uh, vast majority consensus number, we'll call it, is at seven. And this is a pretty fascinating spot, right? Lakers actually get the day off today, so they are going to have multiple days of rest before they get back into action. Pacers, though, they have been in action for about a week, and this is, I think, kind of a tough spot from a scheduling standpoint for the Indiana Pacers because you spent four or three days, right, four days uh, in Las Vegas, and for a week you've been playing really competitive basketball, uh, going back to the quarterfinals in which you played the Boston Celtics. So over the course of the last week, this is going to be your fourth game, and not even so much from like a fourth game standpoint, because look, they got rest in between each one of these games, right? Played Boston, got the fifth and the sixth off, played Milwaukee, got the eighth off, played the Lakers. But it is going to be interesting to see how Indiana reacts from playing, we'll call it like faux faux playoff basketball. It's not full playoff basketball, but faux playoff basketball. A couple of games on a neutral setting, losing the way that you do in the championship game, and then coming back home, or now going from there on the road to Detroit in a desperate, desperate Pistons team that has lost 19 straight. They're 5-13-1 against the spread in those 19 games, and they've been rested, played just one game in the last five days. They should be ready to catch Indiana after a tough loss in the in-season tournament final. So this is uh, here on the podcast. I guess you'll call this like a – I don't even know what the terminology would be, but this uh, Kelly, myself, and Zach all on the Pistons plus seven and a half. A hardwood handicapper special, if you will. And I do think when you look at it, as I wrote today in the the, um, the article, there are some things that the Pistons actually do well that I think they can get, uh, you know, take some advantage of here. 29th in non-garbage time offensive rating, we know that, but they're facing the 29th ranked defense in non-garbage time net rating. 
They take a really high volume of shots in the restricted area, fifth in frequency of attempts at the rim. Indiana allows the highest frequency of shots within four feet. Uh, the Pistons have generated the seventh most putback plays per 100 missed shot attempts, uh, 15th in points per 100 misses. Pacers 27th and 28th in those categories defensively. So there's little things here and there that I think Detroit can do to take advantage of that. And you would think, and I tried this, when was the date? They played, was it Washington for Detroit? Um, for those who on the pod, those who listen to the podcast regularly will remember, but it was the last Detroit game that I bet. I believe it was Washington back on the 27th, where they had been home for the last couple of days, had gotten some practice, and were in a spot as a three-point favorite against a beatable Washington team, and they ended up falling flat on their face, 126 to 107. But I do think that this is again a spot worth coming in and and essentially fading the pist or fading the Pacers, Freudian slip, but also backing the Pistons in a matchup, there's certain little things they could take advantage of. So it's going to be pretty fascinating to see how Indiana comes out. But to go from that faux playoff setting to then a road game against Detroit, in what's going to be a weird environment too, seems to have some apathy around the uh, the franchise, not much support. It's going to be kind of odd, I think, to go from that intense setting to what you're going at here, and maybe the Pistons can catch them sleeping. Next up, Cleveland Cavaliers at the Orlando Magic. We saw this open, Magic minus one with a total of 225.5. Uh, we are now seeing 227 on the board, one and a half across as well in terms of the side. Uh, I think the real story is, and I didn't have anything here, but I brought this up, I think, when we talked on Friday. Definitely worth mentioning one more time. Uh, we finally saw Orlando's overrun come to an end. For those that have not been keeping track of this, Orlando had been 8-1 and one to the over in the nine games prior to the matchup with the Detroit Pistons on Friday, where that game went under largely due uh, to the Pistons ineptitude on offense 123 to 91 and when you look at this I like I have been of the mindset that the market is getting too high on these magic totals but I have been burned in betting one or two of them namely the Cleveland Brooklyn or excuse me Cleveland uh, magic one was the one that I got burned on better under 223 and a half ended up closing 225 and that thing went over the closing number I do think we're at the point now or they think we're betting some of these magic totals under you know, this game did go over the total when they played back in Cleveland a week ago or so. That was a hot shooting first half for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I do think that uh, Orlando is better than what they have shown in terms of their defense over the last couple of weeks. Because this has been the thing with um, with this run of overs for Orlando. Their offense has been good, uh, but their defense has been bad. And that's kind of surprising for a team as good as they are. You know, before the Pistons game, for example, 121, 129, 125, 120, these are the scoring totals of their teams and their opponents that they had faced throughout this run of overs. It is somewhat surprising to see how inept this has been for the Orlando Magic. So I do think that we're starting to get to a point where maybe it's worth playing some of these games under, but the market disagrees, and we're at 227 right now. So did not play this. Do think that that's the way to go from an injury report standpoint for both teams. And this is probably why, too, the market's going up. And this is why I didn't want to take my crack at it. So maybe this thing goes over and we can start to bet some magic unders after this. Um, Evan Mobley is not going to play today for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Karis LeVert is not either. He continues to be out with this knee injury. But uh, Evan Mobley out obviously does affect what you're going to see from a defensive standpoint and gets another shooter out there potentially and George Niang or some others that's going to allow this Cleveland uh, offense to operate at a higher level while also taking them down a peg on defense. For Orlando, injuries to note here. Jonathan Isaac, questionable to play. Jalen Suggs with that ankle injury that he suffered last week, also questionable to play. Next up, Washington Wizards, Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers open 12.5 point favorite with a total of 243.5. We are sitting right now at 12 and 244.5. 
So no real big bumps either way. The names to watch here is going to be Daniel Gafford for the Washington Wizards. He is questionable to play uh, with a right hip contusion. And Joel Embiid is on the injury report with left knee soreness. This one essentially, and this is kind of the theme throughout the entire show today, which is I think that there's a lot of injuries that are impacting every single line that I don't know if you can really get in. Because if Joel Embiid doesn't play like 12 and a half, you're going to see a number, or excuse me, 12, you're going to see this number dip down to like nine and a half. And if he does play, then of course you're in a pretty good spot, but you don't know whether or not that's going to be the case. So for this matchup, easy to move off of. I will say this, these two teams did play, for those who remember and have been, again, listening to the pod or reading the daily article that I write up on the website of Easton.com. Right before the break on Wednesday, 76ers team total over 125 and a half was the play on the road against Washington. That did get there. 131 was their scoring total against the Wizards. Uh, the Washington doesn't have anything in this game defensively, especially if Joel Embiid plays and Daniel Gafford doesn't, uh, to contain what Philadelphia wants to do. Philly, excuse me, uh, Philadelphia second in offense. Washington, 30th in defense. And again, these are all non-garbage time defensive ratings. Um, Washington, of course, in terms of half-court defense at this point right now, 7th. And in terms of the Philly offense, 30th in Washington's defense. It's just it hasn't really been good. I will say, I think this might be a play potentially to look over. One of the things that Washington does very well, too, runs in transition. They have added the most points per 100 possessions through transition offense overall. They are 12th in overall offensive efficiency off live rebounds. Philly 24th in opponent points added per 100 possessions through transition and 19th in overall defensive efficiency off a live rebound. So they can get got in transition. It's what Washington has done in the past to allow these things to go over. And I go back to that game that was a team total over for Philadelphia that ended up finishing 131 to 126. Washington really pushed them and covered as a 10.5 point favorite. So I think Washington just matches up well. Wouldn't say no to taking this either in terms of the 12 or 11.5 with the Wizards because I think they can stay inside this number the way they play in transition. Let's hit one more before we take a break. And uh, I want to hit this because I just have nothing on it uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Miami Heat on the road against Charlotte Hornets. Heat opened up as three-point favorite with a total of 219.5. We got this number up to 221 for a total. Side is up to four in some spots, three and a half in others. So if you want to lay three and a half, uh, there are plenty of options out there for you. Injury notes in this game. Nick Smith Jr., Mark Williams, both doubtful for the Charlotte Hornets. The bigger names, of course, for the Miami Heat. Bam Adebayo remains out. Tyler Hero remains out. Kyle Lowry is questionable to play. Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson are going to be available, it would seem. But the injuries continue to kind of linger for the Miami Heat, for both teams, really, in this game. Haven't gotten a really good read on Miami. It's been very inconsistent. They have not won consecutive games since November 20th and 22nd. Uh, they've been subpar against the number 9, 12, and 1 against the spread. They've been better on the road, for whatever their reason that is. 7, 5, and 1 ATS on the road this season. Uh, again, that seems more random than anything else. Only 12 games doesn't really tell you that much, but for those who do like that sort of thing, and for the Charlotte Hornets, it's going to be pretty fascinating because since losing LaMelo Ball, uh, the team has had some pretty good offensive showings and against some good defensive teams. Uh, against Toronto, right before this little mini in-season tournament break, had an offensive rating of 122.7, ended up beating the Raptors 119-116. to 116. They ended up beating Minnesota, or excuse me, they lost to Minnesota, but ended up pushing them really hard. 124.5 offensive rating at home against the Timberwolves, against one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Brooklyn, they had a 139.1 offensive rating. These are all post-Lamella ball injury, so they have the capabilities of still being an effective offensive team, I would trust. 
that uh, Miami is going to be able to contain this team, but I also thought that they would be able to contain them when they played back on November 14th. And uh, ultimately, I bet that through a uh, Lamelo Ball prop angle. And for those who don't remember, bet over or bet under on Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball assists, and he got there in the first half. Essentially, it was one short and ended up blowing past that number. So no real nothing really here. Uh, without Bama to buy, I can understand the market pushing this over a little bit, but didn't really think much of it. And you saw some wide variety of opening totals here too. DraftKings opened up two nineteen and a half. Um, some faraway spots opened up at two twenty three. And then we got to the middle here where the consensus number is 221 and a half. All right, let's take our break. We'll come back. Uh, Denver Nuggets, Atlanta Hawks on the other side. And we do have some opinions from the guys on this matchup. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Denver Nuggets on the road against the Atlanta Hawks. Interesting matchup here because we got a really high total for this one. This thing opened up 238.5. We are up to 242. 2.5 is the spread in favor of Denver, setting the table from an injury standpoint and names we are watching. From the Denver side, nothing really. I would say keep your eye on Jamal Murray. He is probable to play, but again, as we know in these games, um, when you're on the injury report, that means you can sit at any point. And I mean, hell, when you're not on the injury report, you can sit at any point. So, But the fact that Jamal Murray is probable, don't think it's 100% locked that he's going to play. We've seen plenty of probables get downgraded and not play. I would think after some rest, Murray would be ready to go. But again, something to just keep in the back of your mind. For Atlanta, still no Jalen Johnson, as we know. DeAndre Hunter is questionable to play. And i got to say, with that, so Zach is in on Atlanta plus two and a half. I want to get that out there. So before I forget, and as, as Zach notes here, and this is one of the big ones here, Nuggets five and eight straight up three and 10 against the spread on the roads on the road this season. Uh, they're on a three game losing streak. Hawks have also lost three in a um, row and uh, they're just really inconsistent. But as Zach notes, one of the things that he that he's looking at here, 17th in non in defensive rating, that is Denver coming into this game over the last 10 contests. And Atlanta, of course, is one of the best offenses in the NBA, specifically fifth in offense rating, third in pace. So they're going to be willing to push the tempo, to run, to bother Denver. 
Denver, if you look at some of their numbers statistically against um, transition offenses, has not been particularly great. And it's not surprising considering that we know Denver has Nikola Jokic on the floor, and that tends to usually be one of their weaknesses. They come into this thing 24th in non-garbage time defensive efficiency off of live rebounds, 29th overall in opponent points added per 100 possessions through transition offense. So it, it would it would track that one of the best transition offenses in the NBA would have some success here. Uh, my issue here, and again, I'm not going to like tell Zach he's wrong. He's betting it, and I'm not betting it. Uh, the thing that got me out of this game and actually had me on the side of Nuggets or Pass uh, was the fact that the injuries along the wing are starting to pile up here for Atlanta, especially if DeAndre Hunter is not going to be available. Uh, that's two of the better, more capable defenders and just better wing players, of course, because they don't have much depth along the wing that uh, Atlanta is going to be without here. And I just don't think it's a, it's a matchup of two teams that aren't going to be stopping one another in any way, shape, or form. The market's obviously pushed this thing up. I think the market's right in doing that. I just don't see a path where either one of these teams is really stopping the other. So can understand the attraction for Atlanta. Do think the number is right here. And actually think you can make the argument the number is a little light in favor of Denver, which is why I was on the Denver side. But the road struggles did turn me off. And I do think that we're going to start to see the Atlanta Hawks, again, continue to miss some of their wing players in that regard, especially if DeAndre Ayton, DeAndre Ayton, DeAndre Hunter is not going to play in this game. Next up, Toronto Raptors on the road against the New York Knicks. Nothing really here for me. Uh, really quickly, we do have uh, – ooh, got, to, got distracted. Got distracted. Um, work emails. I apologize, folks. Toronto on the road against New York. Nothing big here. To, uh, New York, a five-point favorite, 217.5 at the open. We're down to four with a total of 221. Real question is Jalen Brunson and whether or not he is going to play. Latest injury report does have him down as questionable. So that's going to be something you want to track because if Brunson's not going to be out there – um, the Knicks, I think, could suffer on offense here, and that would be pretty big against the Toronto team that has been pretty adequate on the defensive end. Uh, but him and Emmanuel quickly are questionable. Mitchell Robinson is out. If none of those, if either Brunson or quickly play, I'm kind of surprised that we're still at a solid four. Again, home court's worth about two and a half points. So still to say that the Knicks are, you know, solidly a better team than the Raptors, given their injury issues is somewhat surprising. And when you look at Toronto, there's no real injury of consequence on this roster. So definitely a circle for the Toronto Raptors, especially if Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly are not going to play. Chicago Bulls on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. This is another fascinating spot, only in that uh, Milwaukee, of course, coming off of the in-season tournament. Unlike Indiana, though, they did play on Thursday, got eliminated, and then that's it. So you get to leave. You get to go back home. You've been at home since Thursday night. You would assume they left Thursday night. I mean, we did get the report that they were at the Lilas on Thursday. But you would assume they shipped off pretty quick after that. So assuming they've been in Milwaukee since uh, Friday, we're talking about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all off. Three days of rest for Milwaukee heading into this game against Chicago. <coughs> Excuse me. And watching that game in person, man. Got to tell you, transition defense, a real issue. We talked about it on this podcast. It was really ugly um, watching that and watching what Indiana was able to do to them. Bulls aren't really going to do that. Uh, I know that uh, Zach in this game did take the over 232.5. We are still sitting at the 232.5, so that is still playable there. Um, I don't really blame you. Watching that in person, not impressed with what the Milwaukee Bucks have done on defense. Next up, San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. Seven, the spread here with a total of 224.5 at the open. Nine, now the number in favor of Houston with a total of 223.5. Again, the theme, injuries to note and to track throughout the day. For the Houston Rockets, 
Dylan Brooks has been upgraded to available, so that's good. But Tari Eason is questionable. Reggie Bullock Jr. is questionable as well. It looks like an illness potentially going through the locker room for the Houston Rockets. So that's something to monitor too because illness, as we have seen, uh, can, of course, cause a late scratch for anybody. Houston now laying that nine with a total of 223.5. No real read here. Again, given the injuries, um, that does turn you off. I do think that Houston is good enough defensively to hold down San Antonio on offense. That has been a theme for the San Antonio Spurs, 27th in overall offensive rating in non-garbage time. This is the fourth best defense, 109.9 points per 100 possessions. They give up absolutely nothing in transition off of live rebounds. First across the board for Houston in transition defense. And the one thing that San Antonio has been trying to do, they run a lot. Fifth in overall transition frequency, second in transition frequency off of live rebounds. They're going to try to go, 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 go. And Houston is not going to allow that to happen. So I can understand this number, especially with the Brooks being available, getting pushed up to nine. Um, I, having said that, while I understand it, I'm not running to lay it here with Houston. Since that run of covers, they have now covered their last two. They've won their last two coming off of a blowout on the road. I will call it a blowout, a strong win on the road against the Denver Nuggets. They have been playing pretty well. They've matched up with Denver really well, which is something interesting to monitor there. So they have turned things around. They've also forced three of their last three games to go under the total, and they have been a monster at home, 9-1 and one straight up, 9-1 and one against the spread, the Rockets at home this season. Oklahoma City opens up a 12.5-point favorite with a total of 232.5 against Utah. This number is now 234.5 for the total. Side remains the same here. I think this number is right where it should be. I actually got um, I got priced out a little bit because I do think that this number, I made it actually more 11. I don't think one and a half is worth really jumping on, You know, a one and a half point edge there. For the Utah Jazz, the real question is still no Lowry Markin, and he was expected to come back once they returned from their last road trip. That was not the case. He did not play against the Clippers on Friday night. So this team still, and you look at some of the numbers, and this is why the number's so high, because yes, the, the rating is down on Utah, but John Collins is questionable. Walker Kessler is out. Lowry Markinen is out. It's just a, a litany of an injuries to important guys for a team that's not particularly good. And a couple of those guys, and one of them specifically, Kessler's good, one of their best defenders, obviously rim protector. Larry Markkinen is the straw that serves to drink for them on offense. Just in a really bad spot here, Utah is. And you're starting to see it in some of the results too. Jazz were one of the best candidates to regress in a really big way this season. They're 7-15 and 15 so far. Their last two games they have lost and failed to cover. And uh, won by comfortable margins, we'll say. Got absolutely demolished by Dallas, 147 to 97. Clippers went in there, and while they made it tight at one point in the fourth quarter, Clippers immediately put their starting lineup back out on the floor, crushed them, and ended up winning 117 to 103. So it hasn't been particularly great for them. And on the road, has been an absolute nightmare for the Utah Jazz. One and ten straight up, three eight, uh, three and eight against the spread away from home. Also, should note, and this is why the total I think is up too. Uh, Oklahoma City, no Lugans Dort. So that's obviously a really good wing defender that is not going to be out there for OKC. Minnesota on the road against New Orleans. We saw this overnight two in favor of Minnesota with a total of 222.5. But the addition of Anthony Edwards on the injury report is what has flipped this. Now, I will say, I'm not sure if like Anthony, because Anthony Edwards is worth a lot. But this number's at four. I don't know if the Pelicans, if Anthony Edwards is going to play, should be favored in this matchup. I made this about one, so I, in favor of Minnesota. So if he is going to play, and Jane McDaniels and Jordan McLaughlin have both been upgraded to questionable, this might be worth circling here and looking at Minnesota. Now, obviously, again, you want Anthony Edwards out there, 
But New Orleans is also coming off of this in-season tournament, but it was a nightmare, nightmare on Thursday against Los Angeles. Now there's questions about Zion, the work ethic, the diet again. It, it doesn't seem situationally to be the best spot for the New Orleans Pelicans. Next up, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies. Let's uh, end this on a strong note here. Memphis catching one and a half with a total of 227 right now. This opened two and a half in favor of Dallas and 229 and a half. A uh, real thing here, of course, is injuries, 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 specifically for the Dallas Mavericks. Names on the injury report for the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie Irving, not going to play tonight. Of course, we know that with the heel contusion. Uh, Josh Green, out. Maxi Kleba, as we know, out. Grant Williams, out. Two of those names, Williams and Green, one of the better, def- two of the better defenders on a team that currently comes into this 23rd, 24th in non-garbage time defensive efficiency, 23rd to be specific. So I bet this team total for Memphis over, and it's funny, right on Friday, we bet this, uh, I bet this team total under 104 and a half against Minnesota, but it's kind of the same logic, just inverse here, over 113 and a half for the Grizzlies. I think it's playable up to about minus 105. The Dallas Mavericks are a team that is going to allow you to raise your floor as a team overall. Uh, when you give up 116.8 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time, you average just about over 100 possessions per game. The Grizzlies run on just under a third of their live rebounds. So that pace and that tempo, those possessions will be there. Dallas gives up a high rate of corner threes. Memphis shoots a high volume of corner threes. All of these things, I think, come together to get into a little bit of a buy-low spot and bet the Grizzlies over their team total against a subpar uh, defensive team. Market is somewhat in agreement with me here. I know the total has dropped overall, but the Grizzlies team total has gone up. So I do think that this is something worth looking at. Grizzlies team total over 113.5. The other games, really nothing. Uh, Actually, on on either of these, uh, Sacramento is a a 5.5 point favorite on the overnight total of 230.5. This is now 4.5. The total has been bet up to 236. That's not a surprise. Brooklyn, uh, more than willing to run and get up and down the floor. Subpar defensive team as well in terms of overall defensive efficiency. I will say one of the interesting matchups here is going to be this defense because they are 18th in overall non-garbage time defensive efficiency. Brooklyn is. They are 20th in half-court defense, but they are fourth in transition defense and third in uh, live rebound transition defense. Uh, They've been insanely effective in that regard. So when De'Aaron Fox is out there, when this team wants to run, they're going to be more than willing to match up with them. And I think they're going to be able to stymie them in that regard. Half court offense though, is going to be one of the big things for Sacramento in this matchup. And one of the big names here too, again, talking about injuries being kind of the theme throughout today, Malik Monk questionable to play for the Sacramento Kings with an illness. And then last but not least, again, this one's hard to get into too, because of the litany of names, Deandre Ayton, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, both questionable. Jeremy Granson, concussion protocol, he's out. So there's a lot of injuries here for the Portland Trailblazers. I would say that the Clippers are in a spot where their offense is really cooking and the market hasn't accounted for it. If you want to look over 117.5 for a team total, I do think that is something worth looking at. But I, I want to make sure that a guy like DeAndre Ayton's not out there to control the glass for Malcolm Brogdon, a good on-ball defender. Those two aren't out there. Definitely worth looking at the Clippers team total over 117.5. This number's from 12.5 to 13. All right, before we get out of here, let's make sure we give out the plays for all the guys. Uh, First off, Kelly in on this Pistons play, as is Zach Cohen. And um, let's see, Kelly's also on the Nets-Kings over 234. So that's something uh, that he has played. Totals up to 236. Uh, And then, how about this for Zach Cohen? Firing away. Pistons plus 7.5. Hawks plus 2.5. Over in the Bulls-Bucks at 232.5. I think I mentioned that already. And then Tyus Jones, over 20.5 points, rebounds, and assists. All right, 
that's it. That does it for me. Uh, we'll wrap this up with that, and we will be back tomorrow. Kelly should be around, and we will have a, a good conversation on a full night of basketball in the association. Till then, please like, rate, review, subscribe, and we will talk to you tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.